Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So we are excited yeah. to be talking about relationships and um, there, there's so many different types of relationships, whether it's a husband and wife, whether it's a friendship, whether you might be dating, whether you might be newly engaged, Bronson and Ashley, Yay! about to launch out into this amazing, incredible thing called marriage, the greatest adventure that you will embark on. And, uh, and so we wanted to just have kind of a chill night, a fun night. I know it is Valentine's Day, and we want to we wanna try and wrap it up a little bit early so you can, all you lovebirds can go out and have a, an amazing date night, or you can do like a friend's night out at a restaurant and, uh, and enjoy, enjoy this night. So you want to yeah. say something? Well, I, I was tell. just going to say, when I, when I put the something. mic up, yeah, that's the cue, Lisa. Um, but this is, this is a relationship panel, but really it could be called a communications panel because relationships, you need help with communication. And so we're going to talk about different things relating to that. So Yes, I love that. And actually, let, let's start with that communication. I think it's, it's probably the most important thing in any relationship, you know, because how can there be a relationship if there's not some form of communication? When, when we engage with our Heavenly Father, this amazing thing called prayer is our form of communication with God. And He can speak to us in so many different ways. Many people actually hear His audible voice. Some people just have a sense, have a feeling. Uh, some people uh, are given pictures and dreams. The Bible says that God pours out His Spirit onto all flesh, everyone. He, that means He's pouring it out. The question is, are we listening? Are we in tune? And so communication, it is a two-way street. It's about giving and receiving, and, uh, and we need to be able to, to commu communicate both ways. And so I just want to start off, maybe kind of break the ice a little bit, talking about communication, and maybe Chris and Coral, you guys can, can jump in. What are, what are maybe some, uh, what is one maybe healthy form of communication or maybe one unhealthy form of communication that you guys have experienced in your lives? I'll go. Um, first of all, we're honored to be up here and for you to invite us to do this panel with you guys tonight. Um, how many people are going out to dinner tonight? Quite a few of you? Okay. Make sure when you order your food, you communicate that correctly <laughs> so you get what you want, right? Come on. So That's a word. If, if you're at a restaurant and you don't even know what you want and you're not picky like, like I'm not, um, and you might ask the waitress, well, what do you like? And she'll tell you the best on the menu, but if it was bad communication, she would just walk away. And then you might not, you might not be acceptable for what, accepting what was given to you because she, because there's a, a, a two-way street right there. Yeah. So you, you ask the question and then also a good waitress, just relate it to food because we're going to go out tonight, um, would repeat the, the order back to you. So in communication, I feel like it's very important in a marriage, too, because it fosters an understanding between two people of what their expectations are and what they want. Um, so that's what, what I would say. Um, if good communication um, will bring an understanding to what you want to receive and also to help uh, resolve conflict as well if it's communicated correctly. Come on. So good. I love that. Come on, let's give that a round of applause. 
well, I'll just throw myself under the bus. So um, that picture right there is Chris bringing me to church for the very first time 12 years ago. And um, I did not know how to communicate, like, at all. Um, And I just, you know, that came from a lot of brokenness and securities. Um, I had parents that just fought the wrong way, and um, I never knew how to process timing. Like, is this the right time? Are the words that I'm producing life-giving words? Um, I was definitely more of a word cursor. No pun intended, but I've come a long way in that area, too. Um, But all that to say, now um, I actually stop and I pause and I wonder, like, is what fruit is going to come out of me saying this right here, right now? Um, When I used to just be like, we're talking right now. You just got home and, like, it was just not a good time, you know? Um, So, however, taking the time to process, like, with God, um, I I would suggest that highly um, because you're wondering if those are God thoughts or if the enemy is trying to take you out. And sometimes you can believe the enemy after repeating it so many times in your head that, like, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong, but, like, I'm in the wrong kind of thing, you know? So, so yeah, um, I would say just processing your communication with God first and yeah. um, wondering if it's the right time to bring certain things up. Let Come me, on, let me so just good. piggyback real quick. For the, <clears throat> for the single people on dating apps or Christian Mingle or however you do it, uh, communication is very important at the beginning of that too to just tell your, who you, where you are in your faith yeah. and your political views. Just to communicate that right off the bat, we ended up getting lucky, um, blessed in our marriage. But my wife was about evolution when we first met. But I would say, um, thank God I didn't ask those questions and wasn't Christianese about that. But I would just say for, for the single people, just just communicate that right off the bat. Don't just see... Um, what looks like it, you guys are a perfect match because you wear the same type of clothes or something. Get your biblical and your faith out there, there first. Yeah. And then also right now your political views are very, very important to go after that as well. So communicate that um, right off the beginning, I would say. So, Chris, you're saying it's a bad idea to hide a bunch of landmines for them to discover Absolutely. later? Absolutely. Like we shouldn't do that? Good Cor- point. Correct. Good point. So one of the things that, that I wanted to, to focus on around communication is actually the original purpose and intent of communication. Um, God gave us a voice, not originally, not initially for communication. Our, our voice was actually originally, initially created for creation. The, the, first, the first time we, we hear, right in the beginning, Genesis 1-1, when God speaks, he speaks not to communicate, but to create. He said, let there be light, let there be a heavens, let there be an earth, let there be the waters. And so we have to think about communication initially first from a standpoint of creation. Like when we speak, we are creating. The Bible says that there is power of life or death in our tongue. And so when we speak, when we think about the words that we're saying, are we creating a world of life or are we creating a world of death? Are we speaking life with what we say or to whom we say these things? Are we speaking positive? Are we speaking encouraging? Are we creating an atmosphere that we would want to live in? Because that's exactly what we're doing when we communicate. With whomever we communicate with, we're either creating a a world that's positive, that's encouraging, or we're creating a world that, that nobody would want to live in. And so why, why would we make it hard for, for our loved ones to be close to us by the words that we speak? Like, shouldn't we want to be communicating in an effective way? 
that, that creates an environment that, that, is, that is inviting, an environment that people would want to be around, an environment that's healthy. And, and it's, it's easier said than done, no pun intended. But when we, when we speak, when we communicate, when we create this environment, we do have to think, like Carl said, about the timing. Is it the right time to, to say this? Is it the right time to bring, this things up, bring these things up? What is the environment that we're in right now? Is it, a, is it a high, tense environment? Is it an environment that even if I say the right thing, it's not going to have the right effect? You know, sometimes we can say the right thing at the wrong time, and it's going to have a negative consequence. It's going to have a negative impact. So we need, we need to learn to communicate and say the right things, but also at the right time. And also, the, like, aside from timing, we also, we also need to consider the, the method in which we communicate. Ladies are, are, are very good at saying a lot without saying anything at all. <laughs> you can speak volumes with just a look. Yeah, we, we know when we've messed up. We know when we're in trouble, and you don't have to say a word. Go we find ju- my ring. We just, we just know. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, is, it is important to communicate. One of the things that, that is, is difficult for men especially is, is volume control. Like sometimes when we get in a, in a situation and we have a disagreement or, or we're trying to get our point across, like sometimes, many times unknowingly, our, our volume can just start to, to creep up and up and up. And, and uh, I know Lisa... It's passion. I, <laughs> that's right. It's passion. But Lisa and I, we had to work on this very early on. Like we would get into to a, a, an intense conversation, not really an argument, I would say, just a, a disagreement. And then Lisa would say, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, I'm not yelling. She's like, yes, you are. I'm like, well, now I am. <laughs> but I love her. That's true. And so we do have to consider, you know, why is it that, that we as men do that? And, and the, the bottom line is that if we're yelling, it's, it's probably one of two reasons. Either we're not prepared or we're lazy. If we're yelling, it's because of a lack of preparation or laziness. I will, I will yell across the house at my kids to, to get ready to go to church. Now, I could choose to walk down the stairs and go and maybe even get their socks and shoes for them and bring them to them. You know, but I choose the quick and easy path to yell, to use my voice to, to get a desired effect done. Does it always work? No. In fact, it rarely works the first time. And so I yell again a little bit louder. louder and I yell again a little bit louder. But it's really, it's really laziness because I could choose to, to, to put myself out. I, I could choose to do the additional work, but sometimes it's just easier. We take the easy path. Sometimes yelling is a lack of preparation. Um, there's, uh, you know, we, all, we all love sports. Who loves sports? And we, we go out and we see our kids play sports and we're, all, we're, we're yelling at them. And, and a lot of times it is encouraging. A lot of times we're trying to yell positive things, but, but a lot of times it's also telling them to do things that they should be doing that they're not doing. You know, is that the most appropriate time to do it? No. Are we always right when we yell those things? No. But really what it comes down to is a lack of preparation. And, and I'll, I'll prove it to you in this way. So when I, when I coach soccer, we have uh, one weekend every season. It's called Silent Saturday. Silent Saturday is amazing, and it, and it illustrates a very valuable point. On Silent Saturday, the coaches and the parents are not allowed to say a thing. You just let your kids go out there and play. And the amazing thing happens, they actually go do that. They can go and play without you yelling advice to them from the sidelines. 
Most of the time, they actually know what they're supposed to be doing. So you don't actually have to yell at them. You don't actually have to tell them what to do if you allow them the space to just operate in what they've been taught. And if they're doing something wrong and they, don't, they aren't doing the right thing, then it was actually a lack of preparation. You actually didn't prepare them well enough for the game. So when we, when we get into communication, when we start talking and, and we find ourselves very emotional, it can often lead to yelling. It can often lead to saying things that maybe are at the wrong time or things that we don't mean. But we have to, to look back at ourselves before we yell, before we say these things, did I prepare properly? Am, am I being lazy in yelling? Is there something that I could do? And, and believe me when I say I'm, I'm speaking to myself here. And, uh, and this is biblical. It says in James 3, 2, if you can control your tongue, then you are perfect. And there's no perfect people, and so we're all, we're all a work in progress on this. And so we all have to, to work on controlling our tongue. We all have to look at what is the timing of how we're saying things. How are we saying things? Are we saying things with the right intent? Are we letting our emotions overrule or override the purpose and the intent of what we're saying? Great job. And, and what I love about what you're saying there is that sets the atmosphere in the home and uh, that your kids learn. And when you start hearing your kids say the things that you say, you're like, okay, that's, we have to watch what we say. But um, so I, I love that. Are you, are you done? Yes, you go. Okay. Um, so I just had one thought I wanted to bring to help you guys. And it might not be what you think. Um, Michael, Michael asked me, what, what's one thing you'd want to talk about in relationships? And, and I, I said, have fun. Yes. Like, laughter. Come have on. fun. And because growing up, I had a really amazing childhood, and I had a dad that would, like, pick me up and pretend to put me in trash cans. And, like, it was always so fun. Like, it was, he was, it was a joke. I'd be like, no, Daddy, I don't want to go in the trash can. And then he'd, like, try to put me in the trash can. And he would do all these funny things. And I just have the best memories growing up. But uh, my family is, like, always laughing and playing games. And, and I realize that just the older I get, in, in my 30s, I had a some a few tough years, you know. I feel like I really grew up in my 30s, and and I I just felt like I wasn't laughing as much, and I wasn't as joyful as I had been my whole life, and and then I realized that that is so important. Like, and and it's not just in marriage that you need laughter and fun, but in friendships, in in your life. Um, you know, Proverbs 17:22 says, "A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength." So, and there's all these studies that they've done about the about laughter and what it does to your body. It reduces cortisol, it reduces anxiety, depression, it, it lifts you up and um, people that laugh together, you, you tend to like those people and you have fun. And it's just such a, such a beautiful thing. And, and they said they can't even count the number of health benefits that come with laughing. And, and so I just wanna encourage you today about that. And I, I listened to a message by Pastor Morgan Irvin I think it was maybe a few months ago, called Swimming Lessons. And I was like, this is, this is it. Like, he articulated kind of how I was feeling. And the gist of part of it, he said, was, um, you know, some people, they, they want to have deep conversations. And, oh, I, I just like to have, you know, really deep conversations. And, you know, and Pastor Morgan said, that's like 
swimming in the deep end. And so when people are always living in the deep end, you, you get tired in the deep end. People don't really want to hang out with you that long in the deep end. So he, he kind of says in the message, we, you live in the shallow end, you you're, have fun and laugh, and then you visit the deep end, you know, to, for those moments and conversations. So and, and so this, this helps us in our marriage. You know, if every time I have time with Michael, like I want to have a deep conversation with him, he's like, that's exhausting. You're going to exhaust the other person, right. you know? And so you need to have times that you're laughing and having fun. And then when those deep moments need to happen, it's almost like your love tank is full and like, yeah. yes, you can, we can have those deep combos. So I just think it's so important. And um, I just wanted to share it tonight because I feel like life is too serious a lot of the times. And, and we need to remember to smile and laugh. And, and our church is fun. We are we're known for being a fun church, fun and holy. And, so and there's a reason, you know, our spirit rejoices. It's healthy. And, and so I just want to bring that encouragement tonight um, into your, any relationship that you have with your family. If, if you're not used to laughing and having fun, then I, I, was, I even researched it. It's like, make, um, like, look up. Research, look up, look up, you know, fun things to do and then post them, you know, and, and try to do those things. And, and I mean, I don't, I'm on Instagram, you know, sometimes I'm looking at Instagram and I'll come across videos where I'm like cracking up <laughs> and you just feel so good. Like it's like a release when yeah. you can laugh. So um, I just want to encourage you guys tonight to, to don't take life too seriously. Enjoy your friends. Yeah. Find friends that like to do what you do, want to do. Yeah. Have fun. Laugh. And, and um, don't take life too seriously. That's Come on. It. It's good. It's good. You make me more fun, babe. She's definitely made me more fun. Like when I first met Lisa, she's like, wow, you're pretty serious. But, but somehow she still like kept me around, thankfully. I had enough fun. Yeah. For, and then you just followed me around. I know, it's <laughs> I just borrowed her fun. No, until but what happened was I was really fun, and then I felt like in my 30s or something, I just had to do a lot of hard things, and I felt like my fun meter was like, and I just felt tired. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I had to learn how to have fun again, and that's what I wanted to share. Like, that's don't so forget, good. you know, to do so that. True. Yeah. So that's going to help you in your marriage and your friendships. I love it. So I love it. Yeah. Speaking of fun, people, the Reallys are super fun, and. I, we wanted to have them on this panel because they have just a wealth of knowledge in relationships, and they're incredibly fun along the way. But, but if you guys uh, can maybe talk a little bit about, specifically, um, you know, Lisa mentioned it as well, when, when you're having fun, it, it generates a healthy relationship. Good communication, you know, is, is key to a healthy relationship. But, but what happens on the opposite end? Maybe you can talk a little bit about what are, what are some unhealthy relationships, and how can we make those healthy again. I feel like I'm an expert on this one. Okay. Um, so, um, like I said, coming to this house, I actually didn't even know, like, what health was or, like, what fruit was. Um, and I could honestly say, like, my life is extremely unhealthy and unstable. Like, being someone that moved out at 17, um, I moved in with a boyfriend. Why? Because that's just what people did that I hung around with um, and they, you know, made and played house kind of thing. Um, but in that season of my life, I was cheated on. There was like just a whole lot of destruction and craziness, but I just went from boyfriend to boyfriend, but like yearning for a love and a marriage, but like didn't know how to live that, you know? And so it feels like it was a long time, but it was like a 
maybe four or five year wilderness, which is a long time. Um, however, um, there was a lot of things that I needed to unlearn to get healthy, but like, how did that happen? I needed to get around healthy couples and, um, you know, coming to this house, you, you're almost like taken back. You're like, are these people real? Like, you know, like, how are they this happy? Or like, what are they doing? And really it's like, they have Jesus and they center their life around God and they have healthy people that are around them to call them out or call them up kind of thing. And so, um, I think the biggest thing is is this your community, really. Um, and, you know, when we were going through a time where I was ready to be separated because that's just all that I knew was like, okay, well, we're fighting and I'm done with this. And most of my friends um, aren't married. Um, well, you know, BC friends, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, however, like, it was like they would champion my pain. Like, they would champion, like, oh, leave him. Like, you can find so much better, this, this, and that. And it was like, yeah, what are you saying? And then I'm, like, looking at them. I'm like, your life is terrible. Like, yet I'm listening to it, you know. And, however, um, you know, I, God was such, so sweet and such a gentleman and had to correct me in a space that I needed even more correction. And, and, and the question was, was I ready to hear it? Um, and I was ready to hear it because I'm like, no, I'm not going to live a life where I'm going to have multiple baby dads and unbroken families and just, you know, have my kids part time. Like, I, I just didn't want that. And so I literally will never forget driving home. Like, God told me to come here. <laughs> um, and I'm just trusting that you're going to take me back in and we're going to work this out. And, um, you know, that was like my first time coming to women's prayer. Yeah. So and good. to be honest, I didn't want to pray. I was like, I don't want to pray. And then thankfully for ladies being like, no, you're going to get in here and pray. And I needed to learn how to have a prayer life if I wanted to have a fruitful life, you know. Amazing. I would say what's not fun is um, being an insecure person. So being with Coral and having a relationship before we had gotten together, I have a daughter. Um, when we met, she was six years old. And uh, her mom had left me. So I had become insecure and single for about six years. So we split when, when my daughter was one. I met Coral when, um, six years later. Um, but I would say living a life of insecurity, I thought that it was actually from that relationship, why I was insecure, why people would leave me. And then when we got together, it ended up being a total insecurity that, um, you know, you, you, you think you know what you want until you got it. Wow. So me, I'm like, I want this beautiful woman, you know, amazing in all different areas. But until I was able to handle the weight, I wasn't actually ready for that because I had, I had uh, root, roots that were from even be, before that relationship. Wow. So I was in a, in a ministry session with some, some friends that go to this church, and uh, she started talking about my mom, that um, it's actually not your daughter's mom. It's, it has to be from your mom, because your mom was your first love. Wow. And I started getting offensive, and like Pastor Michael was saying, your back's against a wall, you're not prepared for an answer, so you get defensive and you start speaking out of emotion. So since I wasn't prepared, pre uh, prepared for the Holy Spirit to hit me like that, I did get offended. And I remember driving home and the Holy Spirit just ministered to me and started reminding me of things 
of childhood. And my mom was a drug addict um, my whole life until she actually passed away. And she was a great woman. That's why I was defending her. But um, I was always afraid that she was going to overdose and leave. So when that happened, I'm like, okay, I knew abandonment and somebody who I loved deeply would, would eventually leave. So then when I got into my second relationship, not knowing that, because um, the Holy Spirit revealed that to me after, um, I was speaking those things. You're going to leave me. You're going to leave me. Um, who are you talking to? How many guys are at your work? Does the guy, you're telling me that a guy doesn't talk to you. So that relationship ended. So then I did the same thing with Coral. I was speaking things that she had already been healed from, but I was speaking that still into her, that you're a cheater, you're going to cheat on me, you're going to leave me. And um, eventually she, she did. And um, it, like I said, it's not fun being insecure. And when you first meet somebody, your charisma is at its highest. When she left, my charisma and my charm was not working. So what was left was my character. And you could have the funnest time when you know who you are in Christ and you know who your character is. So as much as I knew, as much as I knew how I pushed her away from my insecurities and me not being secure in Christ, well, I knew how to get her back. So I started speaking life into our relationship. I started, I continue to go to church. I continue to praise God. I continue to reach out to people um, that had the same faith as me and in the same church. And I didn't listen to what the world said, like, Chris, you're crazy. She left. Like, you're free. The ball and chain is gone. I started declaring that my wife would return home. And like, like the washing of the feet... I remember one time I was rubbing her feet, and it's very hard to give your wife a massage without wanting anything else in return. But I wanted to very hard. I wanted to do that to show how much I didn't want the microwave effect, but I wanted the longevity in our relationship. And it's not only about me receiving in that moment, but it was about sowing into the future and knowing that I'm willing to wash your feet during this moment, even if she wasn't deserving on the other end of, you know, the emotions and stuff going on. So I would say um, once I knew who I was in in Christ, just real quick, um, in my character, what my character was, I was able to be fun. In the mornings, they got to tell me, my kids, like, if they have a sleepover, like, Dad, please don't get up and start singing, you know? (laughs) But I was able to be my true self around her once I knew who my character was in Christ and I wasn't operating off charisma. One thing I did want to say is that obviously I said like I moved in from like a boyfriend to boyfriend. So naturally um, when we met, I was like, let's be a family and move in together. And um, we were still very new coming to church and kind of in and out, coming to connect group here and there. But like... I would blame God in a sense of, like, why we were fighting and why, like, things were, like, not working out. Like, isn't he a godly man? But we weren't living under God's principles. 
you know, and I didn't understand the spiritual world like I do now. And I mean, for years, it took us a couple years to get married, but like we needed people to tell us like, hey, you guys are living together. Um, you guys have a family, like you're, you're actually not really a family yet until you're married. And, and, you know, again, I, there was fear that was on the other side of that. You know, both my parents had been separated. My dad went through a divorce. Like, all these different things I, like, I had actually gone through a, a destructive a divorce kind of thing at a young age. And so all that to say, like, to be married was, like, scary to me, you know. And um, now that we're on the other side of it, and I love you so much for praying for me when I didn't deserve it and um, believing in me when I didn't believe in us. And, um, you know, to be, like, we've been together for 12 years, but married for eight years. Or, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, I guess that's right. But to say that we're married and, like, we get to show my friends what a fruitful life is and what it really means to be married is, is, like, love each other and have fun. And, yeah, okay, sometimes we fight, but we fight for each other now, you know. So um, but all that to say, like, I'm so thankful for this house teaching me and showing me how to live the right way. Um, and, and just um, and not blaming God, like, having ownership for the choices that I was making in my life and in our life. And, you know, um, our kids get to live a beautiful life in this house. And I'm just so thankful and grateful to, to be here. Like, you know, when you're like, one day I'm going to be on that panel. Well, today's that day. And I'm, like, so excited, you know. <laughs> Come on, didn't they do a fantastic job? I never thought that. Did you want to say something yes. before we close? Oh, I just wanted to say. I saw the mic go up, so I knew she wanted yeah, to Yeah, I just wanted to say that we're, like, just so proud of you, watching you. And we knew you before you were married. And, and I, I don't, we weren't friends when, at that picture. But uh, we knew you guys before that. And, and just watching how, how much you've grown and what God can do with, with your life when you put him first. And just so proud of you and just so, so like, amazing to watch you guys. And, and um, just side note, if, if there is someone here or, you, or a fa you have a family member that's going through a tough time, like, nothing is impossible with God. Like, we, I have seen a couple different marriage situations that I thought there's no way they could come back from that. But, you know, and sometimes there is a separation for a time. But if both parties are committed to God... And, and maybe even one person may not be yet, but the other person praying, I've seen it happen. This person's heart was softened, and now they have a marriage restored. And I've seen that a couple times now that, that it's gone from, um, like, needing a miracle impossible to restoration in marriage. So nothing's impossible with him. So you can believe for that. And um, as a church, we believe that too. Like, yeah. it, you, you, you just you have to give it to God, and then you have to give it time. Like, God, with God and time, anything is possible. E each person in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or friendship, um, if there's a disconnect, if there's an offense, then, then there's going to need to be forgiveness. Like, it's inevitable. It's impossible, the Bible says, that offenses won't come. It's true in the church, and it's true in any relationship. At some point in time, there will be an offense. But that means that there's an opportunity for restoration. And what's required is forgiveness. And just one thing that I, that I wanted to close with, and, and we can pray into this area, is that when there has been an offense, that in order for there to be restoration, you have to disconnect the offense from the offender. 
If somebody has wronged you, if somebody has hurt you, if somebody has, has done something that, that, you know, even if they didn't know they did it, but, but it, it's caused a, a rift in the rela- relationship, a separation, if you want that relationship to be restored, then you have to disconnect the offense from the offender. And let me tell you why that's so important. Um, when we sin, we separate ourselves from God. But God, in his, in his wisdom, he created a way where, where that sin you know, could have no effect anymore. When Jesus gave his life, his blood for our sins, the Bible says that, that our sins are removed from God's sight, from his memory. He doesn't even know that we have committed those sins anymore. It's a complete separation of the wrongs that we have done from who we are as a person. And so he modeled this for us. He modeled the ability to separate the offense from the offender so there could be a complete and total restoration with him. It's impossible for God and sin to coexist. It it can't happen. God can't exist where sin exists. So the only way we could come back into his grace is if that sin was completely removed, completely disconnected from us, completely wiped off of our ledger. And so if we have a, a breach in a relationship with somebody, then we have to learn how to do the same thing. We have to forgive and disconnect the offense from that person. And I think the truth is that every single one of us in our lives, probably right now or, or in our past or certainly in our future, we're going to have an opportunity to do that. And so I want to close by praying into this area. And why don't we stand up? And we're going to pray, and and after I pray right now, we're going to be down on this altar. The ministry team is going to be down here. And if there's any area of relationship that you're struggling with or that you're working on or that you need help with, then we'd love to invite you down and come and and pray with us. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to... to, um, to see that area of your relationship restored, whatever it may be. But right now, I specifically want to pray into forgiveness. So if we could all bow our heads and close our eyes. We've already prayed a prayer of of receiving forgiveness and reconnecting with our Heavenly Father. But right now, I want to pray. If you know there's a disconnect in in your world, in your life, if you have a relationship that is is on the rocks, a relationship that maybe you're already separated, a relationship that's, that's not going well, and you have a desire to restore that, then I want to pray that you'd be able to disconnect whatever the offense was, whatever the hurt was from that person so there's actually an avenue to restore that relationship. Maybe that person is here, maybe they're not here. They will have to do the same thing because a relationship is a two-way street. It can't just be one person trying to restore, one person trying to reconnect, one person trying to forgive. But you can't force them to do that because then it wouldn't be a relationship. God doesn't force us to to love him. God doesn't force us to repent of our sins, but he gives us the opportunity. And so what you're doing right now as we pray this prayer is that you're making yourself available for that relationship to reconnect, to restore, to reestablish what you believe you need in your life and give them the time and the space to do the same thing. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for all the relationships that we have in our life. Anybody here today who has a breach in relationship is far from a loved one, and they're desiring today to restore that relationship. God, we ask that you would come into our hearts and help us separate the offense from the offender. That we, we, would, we would understand that, yes, the hurt was wrong. Yes, maybe this, this person 
did something very wrong to us. But we believe there is hope for this relationship. We, we ask that you would come in the middle, help us get right with you ourselves, and help us release the hurt, the pain that has been caused. So we can create a, a, an avenue, we can create a bridge for that relationship to be restored. We ask that you speak into that person's life. Help them do the same thing that we're doing right now. That they would, that they would release forgiveness to us and to themselves. That they would be surrounded with people that would help them make good choices. They would be in a community of fellowship like we have here that will point them in the right direction. That will help them make the right choices so that we can come back together in the relationship that we know in our hearts is right under heaven. God, I thank you for, for these hearts. I thank you for these relationships. I thank you for these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.